0: a sunny day carl we have a sunny day except
1: it's going to rain on sunday because it rained on easter and dave murray said if it rains on easter of
2: yeah is it day two or day one is it seven additional or seven in a row what i don't know i need to know the magical math there to be completely accurate (laughs) so we'd have Uh, to ask somebody's grandmother (laughs) (laughs) but the counting the counting starts now at the very least yes
0: Well, hi, Chris Clark. That's i to give you a good introduction. (laughs) Good introduction. I Um,
2: couldn't wait. I had to to ask, ask questions.
1: We'll talk to our friend Chris Clark from Cinema St. Louis and the Q Fest that's coming up. Around minute 25, Moon Knight and the Northmen. Around minute 33, Massive Talent. Around minute 45, The Bad Guys. Around minute 52, Disney Nature's Polar Bear. Around minute 57, Lisa and Billie Eilish from The Simpsons. Around one hour, we'll talk about DVD releases and HBO Max. And then one hour and 10 minutes, The Price is Right is coming to St. Louis.
0: The Artistic Director of Cinema St. Louis, Chris Clark, is our guest today. And we are so happy to have you on because it's been a while.
2: It has. Good morning and good day to you both
0: nice to talk to you we hear that you were at the cleveland film festival
2: yes um i've gone there many times um over the years as did my predecessor um uh, to their magnificent festival this year was 46 um they had been in the same venue a multiplex behind a lavish downtown mall that we're talking about earlier the tower city um but that multiplex and parts of the mall closed um was going to close like pre-pandemic so they knew they weren't going to go back there anyway um so they were in this new uh playhouse square is this lavish complex of theater spaces that are interconnected and they're just stunningly beautiful uh and they they mo- had uh, owned a lot of projection equipment and brought in you know speakers and screens and everything and made it look like actual movie theaters and uh it was great i had a great time i was on a jury i was on the austere central and eastern european jury Oh. so a lot of those films are sad all the time but you know uh, <laughs> they are but it was you know great uh discussions about the films and uh got to see plenty of other good things and see lots of great things in the very vibrant downtown Cleveland like when there's things going on there can be basketball and baseball games going on simultaneously not foot there's a football stadium there too but that wouldn't happen at the same time but when there's basketball and baseball games going on the same there's people with jerseys everywhere milling around and excited and there's a lot of energy down there so I loved it
0: I've only been twice but my grandfather grew up there he was born in 1900 in East St. Louis and after his father died when he was two his mom went to live with relatives in Cleveland and fun fact my grandfather helped Houdini with a trick Uh, that was when Houdini was going around to bodies of water and he was at Lake Erie And there was a trick he did where he put needles and thread in his mouth. And my grandpa was one of the people that uh, he and this other little street urchin, they pulled the needles and thread out of Houdini's mouth. Okay. So that's my, uh, my little fun fact about Cleveland, but yeah, you have to go see the rock and roll hall of fame, if anything, but it's just a vibrant town and sports are really fun there. Mm Hmm. Yeah. So, Carl, the Blues are in the playoffs. Yeah, they're They're going to play the Minnesota Wild. We just don't know where or when. I know. I hope we get home field advantage. But nice. we are here to talk about the cinema. And if it's spring, it must be the Q-Fest.
2: I love that. Yes. And that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, Q-Fest comes uh, next weekend. Uh, starts on April 29th through May 5th. We're in a new place. Uh, we're at the, well, not new theater, we're all in but a new, new place, n- Yeah, that's true. Oh, I love that. Um, new to us. Uh, we have never presented before organizationally. You like that word? Organizationally uh, at the Gallery of Six. Oh,
1: wow. Which is really going to be fun those yeah. are nice theaters
2: I, yeah I, I, and they've been, I, been I remodeled nice sometime in the last five years or so or mm-hmm. thereabouts and you know they're very nice sleek uh and and good sound and projection and we like the the manager and uh you know i like that dynamic of having the food court and the mall which is it's just vibrant and, you know it's not a scary place despite what people might think you know you can take happens. metro metrolink to get there if you wanted to yeah there's lots of ways to get there lots of good parking Um, Lots of stuff to do. And the food court was packed with, you know, it wasn't just like one or two places open, which was my preconception because I'd been there for a while, but it was lots of places, more than I remember being there before. A number of places to eat down there. So there's a lot going on. So it'll be fun and vibrant and lots of people. uh, The slate is exciting. Uh, 35 films from 13 countries. Uh, We have a a couple of retro plays. Uh, one, our Q classic is Todd Haynes' *Poison* from 1991, which was at the advent of the new queer cinema movement. Uh, so that's uh, pre *Welcome
0: to the Dollhouse*, huh?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and also, um, our one of my co-programmers, who you know quite well, Joshua Ray, um, tracked down and found via the Tokyo University Arts Film Archive a 2010 film by ryazuki hamaguchi called the depths that has been rarely seen in the united states well that's very cool yes um a delightful french comedy uh, from magnolia a Nice in love um what's not to love about just what i said no matter what and it's just light and fun and peppy the music's great the lead is beautiful um uh, a lot of a kind of 80s music um oddly pops up um in parts of the soundtrack uh, you know great oh, what, stuff not we're, to love yeah that? we're bringing back great freedom that we had screened during sliff it's a sort of you know as many films were during Sliff, it was sort of underseen because mm-hmm. people were not sure about going to theater and that would easily escaped um notice uh, we have a hard-hitting documentary about conversion therapy within the orthodox Jewish faith Oh wow. So I am vehemently anti conversion therapy and anyone who believes in it can talk to me about it cuz it's just wrong and it's cruel no matter what. But can you imagine the extra layer layers uh, you know multitudes um of being in a faith and a scenario where it is very very rigid. You know like uh, like um like certain Muslim sects you know would be that is an absolute taboo and you know we will kill you. <laughs> Um, kind of level stuff so in orthodox you know judaism it's you know <clears throat> there is no connect for the most part at that point so they <clears throat> but they're trying to you know work them through it to be good to be good and to make them good again but you know there's a lot of mental bath there um you know forcing someone to be something that they really aren't for you know their for their faith so you know there's lots of arguments and discussions about it, but it's cruel it is wrong uh but it's, it's just a you know riveting thing to see these people just emotionally suffer um uh, and you know they want to be true to their god and they want to be true to themselves and you know i've been at that juncture before and i chose to be true to myself and you know it makes things and, difficult it can it just fraud, does fraud but fraud in that fraud. scenario it's, it's just it's heartbreaking to watch these people go through that but there's also empowerment that they realize that they have their own strengths well i uh, too. i applaud yeah.
0: you for bringing that into it because i think it's yeah. a really strong point of discussion it wasn't just a couple of years ago where <laughs> yep. we first heard about this it's it's still ongoing yep. and that's why i think flea was so powerful yeah groundbreaking
2: yep. and then as a counterpoint in a weird way is another documentary called mama bears that is a coalition of (coughs) conservative Christian mothers who are supportive of their transgender children. Oh, wow. And that's a sentence you don't hear in modern America. Not at Um, all. So there's always rays of light if you know where to look and you know where to listen, because the noises that we hear all around us tell us a different story. You know, there is no truth, as you know, (laughs) anymore. Uh,
1: and and you what, also have a shorts program too.
2: Four shorts programs. Yes, and that's and I'm, that... I'm
1: so curious about the uh, Lego
2: one because Oh yes. Um the full title is uh Lego Harry Potter and the Transgender Witch part one. <laughs> it is all that's part one literally of a eight piece uh YouTube series. And we're just playing the first piece just to give people a you know delightful taste of it but you know it's it's in response to uh, jk rowling's heinous transphobic commentary and you know she just can't understand the difference and just very vocal about it but she has a and weird she platform won't stop
1: talking about
2: it yeah and she has a weird platform because you know she's a billionaire and is you know is a children's author hero and you know <sighs> It, you know, it's another one of those conversations, uh, it's it is, no, it no different, a very
1: weird, weird situation that is
2: it? How much different have. isn't than you know, like a Woody Allen situation, or Roman Polanski? you know, how do you separate the art from the artist, uh, which is an increasing conversation we're having in modern times in the last 10 years, you know, how do you do that? And should you do that? Or do you say just forget? Ah, you know, who cares anymore?
0: Uh, well, uh, recent, recently, I had this discussion because of fantastic beasts
2: yep. not only oh,
0: yeah. yep. with with uh, JK Rowling, but <coughs> also because of Ezra Miller and uh, yeah, that guy. Was Jeez, replaced. yeah what is going on Poor And China. then yeah. I had and then uh, the Father Stew movie with Mel Gibson and we just had Death on the Nile with Army Hammer So it's hard I used to try to separate the art from the artist.
2: But Mark Goldberg I, almost beat, blur- beat a man to death too. So he's yeah. he's not he's not so nice either. Yeah, wow. there's Ham
0: lots set of somebody on fire. Yeah, so there's all this. this <laughs> we blurry, can go on. <laughs> yeah, this blurry lines. But, <coughs> but what I'm excited about is to see the progression of QFest from when you started. It was pretty daring. You got to admit that it was very 15 daring. Fifteen years ago. You know what? <laughs> I will admit
2: that um, it was. And you know, if you remember this part of it, but I'll briefly go over it. Um, it was people approached me um, in the distant past. There was a queer film festival called Sly Lag. The St. Louis International Lesbian and Gay Film Festival—terrible acronym—but they were, you know, went on for you know nearly ten years. It was all volunteer, and 1999 was their very big. I think they had 45 films. Um, great, great stuff. But they ran out of energy and money and lost a sponsor, and at that point, that made all the difference. They took a couple of years off, and then couple became three, became five, became never. Well, in 2000, I popped up. And became the artistic director at cinema st louis and started putting lgbt programming into SLIF. and for forward to 2007 a couple of community organizers a ragtag bunch of people um wanted to start a new one and would i help them sure so it wasn't a cinema st louis event but we put it together it was a coalition you know we didn't even have a 501c3 we just sort of and it was so low rent and under the radar that it didn't matter at that point we were going to ultimately form one but ultimately like happens in nonprofits, everybody got busy with their lives and walked away i was the last indian standing which always happens to me so you know with their can't agreement say that anymore chris oh um last indigenous person standing last missourian standing oh well pick a sure. pick a phrase i'll you know i get in trouble like that all the time and i don't mean to but i just keep talking <laughs>
1: um go
0: ahead it, it's it's the intent you don't mean harm
2: yes so um so you know with the blessing of the original founders and partners who are still sponsors and supporters to a person to this day uh we they said you know sweep it under and make it a similar st louis event that has a permanent home and umbrella and that's and what it you took. still
1: acknowledge the roots it's yep. not like you buried it
2: yeah, no, the, and, the, and there's one woman in particular who, you know, the first spring we were planning, we had a series of three fundraisers and raised a total of $300 Ooh. over three fundraisers. And I was so frustrated because I wasted so much time with these things. And they were sweet and well-intentioned, but even little rascals did better than that. Hmm. I mean, come on. Um, <clears throat> uh, but uh, I just, says, this is, we just can't do this. We just don't have enough money. Um and one woman just sat there who just kind of a quiet, unassuming, retired person, um, uh, who i never met before. We start all this, said, Well, how much do you need? I said, ah, you know, we would need at least two thousand more dollars. She pulled out a checkbook. Wow. And there
1: and That was.
2: was and that was fifteen years ago. So, you know, it has grown and has been in a whole bunch of locations over time. It's been at the Tivoli. it's been at the high point, it's been the back lot, uh, it's been at Webster. Um I might even be missing a space. Oh, it's been at the Zac, the Dot Zac Mm -hmm. uh, for two years. Uh, I'm probably still missing another location, but it's been everywhere. Uh, But we're excited to be at the Galleria. Um, I love working with Joshua Ray and Kate Lohr, who you know also, is also a co-programmer. So I've added some voices to the team. And that's the approach we're going to take more often with other Cinema St. Louis events, kind of spreading things out a little bit. We've just gotten too big. Uh, for our bridges that's a good problem to have though
0: yeah and and joshua was on v last night yes I, that's the you know, on, wednesday, on wednesday on oh, wednesday i think yeah i'm sorry not yeah last night. i wasn't even
2: watching yeah it oh no it's, it's there's no time anymore either but, no truth but, and no time
0: yeah but uh so i'm watching the news and there's joshua mm-hmm. ray
2: yep and it's exciting
0: like oh i know and i was i thinking, think that's
2: going to be an ongoing thing too
0: yeah isn't that um, exciting
2: do you know so, about the, uh, yeah. the Harvey Milk Film Festival? Yes, the Harvey Milk Film Festival. Yeah. Which... So that's that's midstream, at the, the final pieces tonight. So dear listener, you, you, unless you're already planning, you you shan't be there because it'll be over by then. But um, it's a great partnership with Webster Film Series, who has always been a Cinema St. Louis partner, Opera Theatre of St. Louis, who we partnered with in the past, but they are among the best at what they do on the planet. And it's phenomenal to, you know, Work with them because they're premiering a world premiere of something they themselves put together called Harvey Milk um, in June, an opera. Uh, and also the uh, St. Louis LGBTQ Chamber of Commerce. If you didn't know that we had one, we do. I, which I, I, I'm a member, and uh, so they helped put this piece together. Um, Ken Page is going to be on the panel. Uh, we're going to talk about um, the title of the panel is Sanctification of an Icon Through the Arts: Harvey Milk does the artistic license and portrayal of a historical figure. Is it true? Is it is it real? Is it does it is it accurately portray the person or is it fuzzy in how it does it through opera or film? And in this case, we're showing both the Times of Harvey Milk and Milk, you know, Milk is fictional one, two Oscars, um, Times of Harvey Milk uh, and artsy experimental ish doc. That also won an very Oscar. Flattered, also won an Oscar for best documentary but also is a you know stylized documentary you know does it skew reality uh or does it augment it um uh, just a topic of conversation that I think is very interesting
0: he well, was that, uh, go, ahead. go go ahead Carl
1: no no you, you're you're following up go ahead
0: well I was gonna say uh Harvey milk is so powerful because he was the first out of State yes politician yes of a major city and i remember as well you do and then i'm you know way older than you guys so it was a very closeted time where people were not talking about these issues and thank god today we can be open and talk about it And I just did this survey for uh, Rotten Tomatoes. They were asking us, you know, like, you know, fill out this survey. And one of the things was, are you a member of the LGBTQ community? Are you, are, and you know, like, yes, no. And it said, uh, no, but I consider myself an ally. And I was like, well, that's check that box, you know. And so I think that that's so wonderful that people are like uh, just talking about it more. And then, mm-hmm. as
2: you know, the news.
0: <laughs> I, you know, I live
2: with it every day. Um, so, you know, but I keep doing this because, and I look, I specifically look for uh, films that are empowering. Uh, there are lots of sad stories. Uh, like the, the Children's Hour is something that if it were a brand new film, I, I may not choose to to show that sad story, but you know, as an archival piece, certainly I might.
1: There are plenty of uplifting films. Yes, well. there are
2: plenty of uplifting stories. Um, even the tough topics, like the therapy, uh, the conversion therapy doc I was talking about. I don't think I meant mentioned the title. It's called The Therapy. Uh, ultimately, there is some up, uplifting and empowering moments when you you know get through it and see how strong the people real when they realize their own strength.
1: Well, uh, well, that's tonight. Let's talk about something that's happening next Saturday night if you want to go to a party.
2: Yes. Uh, Playtime. So, uh, Playtime is an ongoing career uh, dance party that happens, I think, at Handlebar uh, every once a month, I know, believe. Once a month. Um, so they're going to co join and co mingle with QFest and Todd Haynes Poison. So we're going to have a 90s themed dance party at Handlebar. On our opening weekend, we're going to um, show Poison uh, on Friday night, an opening night, nine o'clock, and then this party is from seven or eight uh, uh, p.m. Uh, I don't remember exactly until till until two o'clock. Okay, I now. couldn't remember what's there was seven or eight till, but I knew it's till you No know one shows up at seven; they all show yes, up Yes, exactly. I'm not getting there till nine or nine thirty. I've got work <laughs> to do. I got to introduce films and put on my ensemble, whatever that's going to be. So. uh, uh well, so, you always you know, are sortorial.
0: You always yeah. are sortorial.
2: We have a we'll have a uh, couple of guests. Uh, uh, Josh Barton is a local uh, uh, spoken word artist, transgender artist, who will be has a film, uh, one of the shorts in the first short program on Saturday, and a film professor from Stevens College has a oh. film in the event, and we'll, that same same doc, same shorts program. And then on Sunday we're showing a documentary of a, a man uh, who lives in San Francisco has lived there for a long time um, but is from Decatur Illinois it's a little bit outside the range of, of local media but still a, a sister Illinois City to other Illinois sister cities so you so it's in range so he's actually in a beer for the weekend he's considers this vaguely hometownish his uh, well, family in all is he his family in Alton so he he claims a little bit closer proximity by that virtue so anyway he's coming. Uh, it's called the unabridged daybook of Mrs. Vera. Uh, i just a, a story of this longtime drag queen who just did, you know, outreach and social justice kind of things. You know, long before it was popular, it's just kept his character alive and going, just to very know, help others. Yeah, very colorful. So we have films from all over the world. It'd be great fun. I love doing it. Um,
0: uh, do you find that you hear feet or great feedback from people about what this means to them and how they are affected by it in terms of like some people who maybe haven't felt comfortable with discussing this with their family. And then they feel that now the time is ready after being inspired. Do you get that from people?
2: Not per se, but you know, we've, a, a a smallish, but very loyal following, uh, sponsors included you know they come back every year and they don't care that attendance isn't you know barn burning success well, every year but it's successful and they want to support it and keep it going for those who do and you know we always reach try and reach out to new audiences and you know not to indoctrinate but you know to student organizations in uh, various uh, universities and, and some high schools you know just want to sh- share these films that show people that you can live a life and be fine. And do okay and be yourself at the same time, and you don't have to listen to voices that tell you you can't. I never well, did. T-
1: tickets are available at cinemasaintlouis.org/slash QFest. Yes, you can get a five film pass or an all access pass.
2: You've got all the right information. You know more than better than I do. I should, I should study this stuff better.
1: Five films are $65, 50 for Cinema St. Louis members. All access passes are $150 for Cinema St. Louis members. And why wouldn't you be? Or you can get them for $200. <laughs> or you know you can join Cinema St. Louis and then you'd be much happier in your life.
2: Yeah, and you don't have to, you know, you don't have to assign a letter of intent. Um, to yourself or anyone else. And you don't have to be anything other than a lover of film. Uh, there are stories and enjoyment for everyone.
0: Universal. Not just the,
2: yeah, not just the LGBT or queer community. You know, anyone can come. You know, all are welcome. Yeah, they're not going to
1: say, are you gay
2: before no. you walk in the door? Um, we're all going to the World's Fair. We're showing. I forgot about that. Um, that's been oh, getting massive. That's been I've, getting I've massive. been here. Yes, it's yeah. been getting massive press the last two weeks. I forgot to talk about that. There's so much stuff. Um, <clears throat> It was on our list for last year. We didn't quite get to it, but uh, the. the, uh, uh, And Kate did a half hour interview with Jane Schoenbrunn, the director, yesterday, and they're in the middle of a national and VOD release. But they took time to talk to QFest St. Louis. That'll be on our YouTube channel.
0: Which is great. Uh, It was the Alliance of Women Film Journalists film of the week two weeks ago.
2: Yes. Yes. And uh, that's a great get. So not a typical. Gay film festival play, uh, the you know lead character may or may not be trans. They don't focus on that exactly. Kind of hints around it, and she herself, the director Jane Schoenbrun, is a queer filmmaker. So, but it's a you know it's a gritty dark horror film. So it's not something you'd expect to see. It like <clears throat> something you it wouldn't be you, again a, a a preconceived misconception. Blur the lines even further. Exactly. Which is fine. See what I've done there. Good job.
0: I know. I just think it's great that uh, people are supporting uh, such diverse filmmakers in all aspects. So
1: that's good. So Chris, since you've been putting this film festival together, have you seen anything current?
2: <laughs> A thing or two here and there. Well, I, I saw things at the Cleveland Film Festival, but that's not really...
1: Those movies aren't coming out yet. They're coming Movie out stuff.
2: I'm watching Moon Knight. Does that count?
1: Yes. Okay. I, so I had to watch episode four again because the version that Disney sent us didn't have the very final scene in it because it wasn't
2: <gasps> ready yet. Oh, well, that <laughs> that makes a lot of difference.
1: It does because I'm like, I don't get it. And then everyone's like, oh, and I'm like, well, let me watch the last 15 minutes again because it, it makes much more sense now.
2: You're talking about the hi.
1: Hot? Yes. Yes. The very oh, yeah. last scene because they they sent it to us unfinished because it wasn't oh. so we were i haven't watched it, it yet without knowing
2: a great great cliffhanger yeah yeah but My i watched it Adrian a month ago looked it, up, <laughs> we looked it up and you know to make sure that we knew who that who that really it's a is thing. yep
1: yeah and there are only two more episodes
2: yeah there's only eight that's right
0: well speaking of ethan Hawke, who's everywhere these days but I don't mind. I'm glad he's working. Um, He plays King Orville Water Raven in Robert Eggers' (laughs) The Northman, which I watched the other day. And I appreciate Robert Eggers for his meticulous historical accuracy. The man has a singular vision, which is to be applauded, And we're now in 10th century Iceland, and there's uh, the Nordic, the old Norse mythology and mysticism, because Eggers, in his previous two films, The Witch and The Lighthouse, you know things are going to get weird. If you are paying attention, things will get weird, because he is obsessed with how evil forces affect someone's destiny, fate blah, blah, blah. So this little 10 year old boy, uh, the prince sees his father slaughtered and his mother kidnapped by his uncle. Does it sound like Hamlet? Uh, That's intentional. And uh, then he vows vengeance. He spends his whole life focused on getting revenge and he becomes Alexander Skarsgard, who is a beast in this. He has bulked up, he's already really tall. And he has bulked up into this hunk of a man and it's singular focused. Nicole Kidman is his mom. His uncle is, I don't, I don't know how to say, Kles Bang. And he, uh, Willem Dafoe is the fool. <laughs> well the story
1: hamlet is based on
2: this scandinavian myth right so this right, came first
0: right because people think oh is this based on hamlet no
2: everything is stolen from something else right <laughs> but hamlet right. was based on this story yep.
0: right and a few little things change but yes that's true and then anya taylor joy placed the slave olga of the birch forest and uh she's the love interest So
1: hold on, uh, Alexander Sarsgaard and Anya Taylor Joy. What is the age difference there?
2: Like 30?
0: No, Alexander's like 46. How old is
2: she? She's 26.
0: Okay, 20.
2: That math is 20.
0: But (laughs) (laughs) but let me double check that. Think about this in the HBO limited series Big Little Lies, Nicole Kidman was Alexander Skarsgård's wife, and here she's his mother.
1: Uh, oh that's punchline, got a sting that's got punchline a sting and forrest gum yeah.
0: so oh. yeah so uh yeah so um anyway uh the 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 cinematographers the same yaron blasky as lighthouse he was oscar nominated for that and the witch the uh, uh the production design they've all worked together the only people that are new are the music scorers, Sebastian Gainsborough and uh, Robin Carolyn. And it's that propulsive drum beat, very ominous. It is steeped in blood and guts and very graphic. We got decapitations. It's This is not for the faint of heart. And uh, it is uh, filmed in Northern Ireland and Iceland, and uh, they had historical, uh, they had architects and archeologists and do everything like what a Viking village would be. And as you know, the Vikings were marauders and pillagers. (laughs) And so these aren't necessarily, you know, uh, touchy feely people. Well, you so, mentioned
1: you mentioned that Ethan Hawke is in it. Does that mean that he is the deceased dad and is barely in the film?
0: Right. Okay. Yes.
2: This is what I have learned. I can't wait to see this. Um, I like these kind of stories. I'm a Scarred family fan, uh, father and the two brothers. And I loved True Blood. And ironically, do you remember what his character's name was in True Blood?
0: Eric Northman Eric
2: Northman that's right so he is true to type and he was you know he was like a Viking descent I think
0: yeah he was a thousand year old Viking vampire yeah
2: so this is yeah. this is you know kind of playing to type uh I know original.
0: He, he's 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 Swedish um well, Ag- I, he's, Eggers he's... probably
1: said "Hmm, I probably have the perfect person in mind
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah well he's you know when he's on a talk show because he loves being on colbert he's very charming and mm-hmm. playful and then he plays these serious guys usually the suave guy mm-hmm. but with issues yeah. like you know the abusive husband and then in uh uh oh god i'm blanking on his movies but i actually liked him in tarzan and he was panned for tarzan mm-hmm. but he's trying he hasn't made his mark yet in the big blockbusters he hasn't uh, like a Kong versus Godzilla. He's just a scientist, in that, you know, that takes a, a backseat to the CGI. And so I think he's best when he's in these small Indies and are just different kinds of films. And he'll, he'll do these little supporting parts. He was, uh, he just in the comedy long shot with mm-hmm. uh, Charlize Theron. Remember, he was like a prime minister and stuff. So, well, anyway, he's he's good. I like him. He's fine. Mm-hmm. Everybody mm-hmm. in this Nicole Kidman actually gives the best performance.
2: And Bjork, I, Bjork is in it too. Yeah, right?
0: one scene. I was like,
2: Whoa. that's all. You know, I'll take yeah. it. That's All you need.
0: Yeah, and so it's very well done. It's very, uh, it's stunning in its scope. And in its production values, the only thing to me was that it's missing an emotional punch because the guy is so singularly focused. Uh, I, we're rooting for him, but we need more to attach to these characters, you know, and that's the only thing. And I think Edgar's sometimes like in The Witch and The Lighthouse, especially when things are <laughs> unraveling do you care about these people
2: yeah yeah that makes a difference in a story if you know you're not supposed to or don't want to um you know can you still remain attached emotionally in any level even if you know you're not if they're heinous you know you're not supposed to you have to be some hook to keep you interested you know wanting them to perish or hoping they don't yeah
1: speaking of hooks Are we supposed to call this massive talent or are we just just supposed to call it the unbearable weight of massive talent,
0: the unbearable weight of massive talent,
1: but they just keep calling it massive talent. Yeah,
2: well, because the unbearable weight of all those extra words (laughs) weighed down on them. That's the answer.
0: Well, um, they did not screen it for us, even though uh, Steph Raven, our friend, lives in Minnesota and they Lionsgate screened it for them in Minneapolis. so uh i paid it was at south and
2: southwest a month ago yeah i this is nick nick cage
0: yes i paid nick cage my uh senior ticket and got in i i saw notice that magic rewards members at marcus could go to this advanced screening on saturday night at seven o'clock at ronnie's it was the only theater in st louis that was playing the movie ahead of time and I had kept my uh, Saturday night open because it was the day before Easter. And I was like, oh, I can go to that. So I uh, got my advance ticket, picked my seat out and uh, went with a friend. And I had such a blast watching this with an audience because obviously at the advance screening, these were serious Nick Cage fans. And it's mm. so fun it's so fun because he is in on the joke and it's a it's a beautiful love letter to hollywood movies and also to him. To, to him and he's he's lampooned but he rides with it and it's to explain this plot you know what, if
2: you can do that that's an art and a humility and you know as many stupid decisions as he's made in his life you know personally and professionally <laughs> um so this is you know, two d-
1: good decisions in a row because he just did pig
2: mm-hmm. yeah so you know uh, and did, what did i read this week that he he slammed elon musk and and claimed that he thwarted uh cage building some sort of uh film complex in was it new orleans
0: uh las vegas
2: las vegas okay i had most of the pieces right mm-hmm. um so, but some touristy destination so i was mostly right uh, yes so, so what what was can- that
0: well, 40, he was going to, yeah, he was going to build a studio in Las Vegas. And uh, why did
2: Elon Musk slap him or wh- why did Elon Musk not let him do that? What, what, what was you know that what? about?
0: I didn't read beyond the headlines.
2: Yeah. So
0: I have to find so, out. So, you know, it's just
2: another Nick Cage story. Like, ah, oh, okay. It's Nick Cage. You know, well, uh, fun he, fact, a funny guy. <laughs> he,
0: he changed his uh, birth name of Coppola to Cage in honor of Luke Cage. So you Marvel guys. And he,
1: he <gasps> but he also wanted to, like, not be a part of the family so he yep. can make it on his own.
0: Well, in this, he gives himself credit as Nikki Cage. Uh, he does his real name, Nicholas Kim Coppola. And uh, but this is the parts he's playing. OK, so you got to stick with me here. He plays Nicholas Cage fictional version of himself as an actor. Uh, and there's this wonderful scene in the beginning with the director, David Gordon Green, who isn't
2: a oh, <laughs> oh he's an interesting, weird, nervous guy. I met him once at Ebert Fest. oh really? A long yeah. time ago, like twenty years ago, he is an odd duck, but well, yeah. man, he comes up with some just oh interesting
0: when he's not always palatable, means- but. Yeah. Yeah. But
2: he, he, but he, you know, is a creative vision that there isn't anyone else quite like him.
0: I know. I don't think a lot of people when watching this movie will know who he is, but it's really funny. And, uh, Yeah, my my son, Tim, was the one who actually uh, became a fan early on with all the real girls. He was like, you got to watch this movie, Mom. uh, And then Danny McBride sprung from that. And then he did Undertow. But Roger Ebert, speaking of, is the one who championed. He and Siskel championed his first movie, George Washington. And uh, and then, of course, they put Undertow as one of their favorite films of the year. So I bet that's why it was an Ebert fest.
2: Hmm.
1: Okay, so I looked it up. Um, Nick was going to put the studio outside of Las Vegas, but they built the Tesla plant there and they diverted all the water that was going to be out in the desert to the Tesla plant. Oh. So they couldn't have a movie studio because they'd have to import water. Mm. And, and it... And, Nick Cage says it's not, they didn't, it wasn't Elon Musk's fault. It was the city
2: and the city planning. Right.
1: It was Nevada and Vegas. It wasn't Elon Musk had nothing to do with it and probably didn't know anything about it, but still it's funnier that way. If he tells it that way
2: sure
0: sure sure so so he plays this fictional actor well he plays a version of nick cage who needs work wants work uh you know the story is he made all these terrible movies because he was in massive debt he bought like a castle and also he has been married (sighs) five times
2: do you know what you know what that's a riff on do you know what he used to own Mm -mm. in new orleans he owned the home of serial killer, uh, I can't remember her first name, Madame LaLaurie, uh, who was wow. uh, the woman who was, she was featured in, in one of the American Horror Story series, but Kathy Bates played her, but this is a real person who tortured, maimed, and mutilated a series uh, of slaves and humans and kept them in this You know in the attic of this house where she you know and bathed in blood and this is a real person but he owned her house for a period of time i think until he lost it in a tax settlement so he's
0: definitely eccentric but yes so it it
2: all adds up it all adds up
0: well in 40 years i was going through his his oeuvre and uh Mm -hmm. you know raising arizona and, uh, of course he won an Oscar for leaving Las Vegas and then he was nominated for an adaptation and he should have been nominated for pig and the St. Louis film critics best actor last year. So, you know, he's got it. And so I just love that he has fun with this. So, uh, as the fictional, uh, Nick, he is, uh, uh his ex-wife is Sharon Horgan. And his daughter, Addie, is 16 years old and played by Lily Sheen, who is the daughter in real life of Kate Beckinsale and uh, Michael Sheen. OK. And
2: there are uh, a lot of Sheen's. To yeah, from. that Sheen, not those Sheen's. OK. Yeah. Yeah. I have a distinction. The British Sheen's. The British yes. Sheen's.
0: And so uh, there's Put this, a Sheen on it. Yeah. Well, Which, where the
1: does the Mandalorian is- come in?
0: Uh, the Mandalorian comes in as Javi Gutierrez. Uh, oh, so Neil Patrick Harris plays Nick Cage's agent. <laughs> oh, this just gets better. Wow. Okay. And <laughs> and uh, and uh, because uh, the film that David Gordon Green was talking about doesn't go, so he goes well. He goes, I need to work. I need to work, you know, and uh, he goes, well, there's a super fan offering a million dollars for you to come to his birthday party in Mallorca. And And that's Pedro Pascal. And that's Pedro Pascal, who's absolutely charming in this. So he's this billionaire dude, but he gets off the plane, Nick Cage and the CIA in the form of Tiffany Haddish and Ike Berenhold <laughs> is uh, surveying, surveilling, uh, and he go, they go, Nick Cage just got off this plane. What's this about? So the CIA nabs him to be a spy at this party because they hey think- to
1: make it all just like just like Sean Penn did. <laughs> Bringing, tying it all back to milk.
0: Yeah, (laughs) So Javi uh, is reportedly an arms dealer slash drug kingpin, because of course. And so uh, Nick's got to do the whole CIA stuff. So then this is when it gets weird. Wait, hold on. It
1: gets weird then?
0: Well, it's already weird because there's this fictional uh, illusion, Nikki Cage, which is a de-aged cage back in his like valley girl Um, oh i bet that's horrifying and to
2: look at the aging uh, he's yeah.
0: giving him motivational uh speeches
2: oh wow
0: yeah and so so anyway
2: you know what gone in 60 seconds love it peggy sue got married love it you know he has he's all over he doesn't even live on a map he's just all over the place but comes out swinging every time, whether it connects or not.
0: Oh, I know. Uh, And he's a character. Yeah. And uh, we can make fun of all the, the junky stuff he's made, but he, uh, I read an article where he says the, some of the work in the last 10 years is some of my best work. And we got to include pig there, but Carl, you like that color out of space. Is it? Yes, I did. So. You know, and I watched Joe just a couple months ago and I was like, this is really good. And so anyway, getting back to the story. So suddenly, because we got the CIA and we got this action, but Javi really wanted Nick Cage there to read a screenplay. So these guys have this bromance. They become fast friends. They're having a good time. Nick Cage can't believe, oh my God, I got to like, you know, think this guy's a big criminal and all that so suddenly it becomes an action movie so it becomes a movie within a movie within Uh a movie if you can understand that but just go with it because it's so much fun and there's all these easter eggs to his movies and uh it, uh, is pays homage to some of them. And so there's some iconic characters where he'll do the dialogue or thing. because people that know his movies far better than me were <laughs> laughing out loud at some of the dialogue and some of the scenes and applauding. If you know, you know. Yeah, if you know so it's just i haven't had this much fun watching a movie in a long time i think it's a big crowd pleaser i think you have to see it with an audience whether you know when it comes to uh you know streaming that you have like you know a couple friends over but you have to see it with other people because it's just the theater experience Right. And, uh, you know, he turned it down like a couple of times, but the director assured him this was not going to mock him. You know, this was going to because, you know, he is eccentric and he is, uh, as you said, Chris, you know, he's all over the map and he's made these decisions. He's he's had a couple of marriages that didn't last well, um, you know. talked
1: about two movies that you have liked and are okay with, but that's not going to be the number one movie of the weekend. The number oh. one movie of the weekend is going to be a kids' movie, right? Which going to be the bad guys,
0: which I uh, was expecting not to like because <laughs> our dear friend Max Boise didn't like it, and he has well, a he ten took year year his old. son
1: to it. Yeah, because, he has know.
0: a ten year old. And so I thought, oh, okay. And you know, the the DreamWorks has a hit and miss record animation wise. And so uh, I was like, and then plus they were using the Billie Eilish bad guy song all the time and heavily promoting it. So I watched it and I thought it was fine. I enjoyed it because it had this Rat Pack feel to it. It had it reminded me, I used to love the, the cartoon Top Cat when I was a child. It was on Prime Time. Oh,
1: what a current reference from yeah. 60 yeah. years ago. Well played. I know, but which well was a
0: knockoff of Sergeant Bilko, yep. the Phil current
1: reference from 70 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, really. Well,
0: people know the Rat Pack. So, there's this one line about going full Clooney, which I think was really fun. So, bringing it to Ocean's Eleven yeah. and that whole paper. So, these are anamorphic animals.
2: They're bad
0: guys. Oh, go figure. But the voice. I like
2: the. I like the I'm looking at the top, you know, top cast list. The cast
0: is
1: amazing.
2: Yeah. Um, Rockwell, Mark Marone, um, Aquafina is always funny to me. Uh, a lot of diversity uh zazie beats from atlanta alex borstein who you know is the voice of everything but you know it's always
1: and nick and you love i know you love some anthony ramos lens yeah
0: well yeah and so to me the voice cast is inspired sam rockwell is just terrific as this slick uh, you know wolf I love
2: and, him I love him yeah.
0: and then Mark Maron as the snake the grouchy snake I mean it doesn't get better than that but the scene stealer in this is Richard and I hope I pronounce his name right Iody he's a British dude and yeah he,
2: I know who that is sure
0: yeah he plays he's known for a lot of improv comedy he plays Professor Marmalade who's getting this philanthropic award and he's like this beloved world citizen
2: did you ever see the it crowd see no.
1: I, that is one of those british shows that i know i would like but i've never seen oh
2: it. you know what treat yourself you know in your spare time at your leisure of course because not like you don't have anything to do but you will be rewarded by taking a chance on this goofy quirky hilarious comedy and who is the other half of that? Isn't it uh, Chris O'Dowd? I bet it is, um, but it, it's, worth, it's worth it, even just for a couple. Yeah, it's it really is Chris funny. O'Dowd.
1: And if okay. people would know him, he was the other Jerry in Soul.
2: Yeah, so he's a rising star on this side of the pond. You know, he yeah. has been in British TV and, and the like for a while, but is popping up and good for him.
0: Yeah, he plays this. uh, He plays it all British smarminess and snobbiness as this uh, pontificating professor. And he is going to teach the bad guys how to go good. So uh, they have and he's a little guinea pig so it is it's just it's just i enjoyed it i don't know if little kids will get it because it's mm-hmm. the the guy who wrote it wrote tropic thunder and idiocracy so i'm oh, there wow okay i'm that
2: there a little heady
1: for kids
0: i know so well they're not going
2: to see either of those movies but,
1: but it's but it's also based on like a children's book series so right it's got a built-in oh
0: okay. yeah so, so it's, even better idea that yeah, I, bet yeah. I
2: didn't know i've not been a child for a while
0: yeah, so it's a, a Australian book author, and he did these illustrated mm. graphic novels for kids. And so that's the whole plot. And it's still going on. I think he started it in 2015. So it's that. But I uh, in, enjoyed it. It's for kids. It's got the sight gags. It's got the uh, exaggeration. It's got the fast and furious type car chases. Well, and Eton Cohen wrote it. Right, Eton Coney is the one. Mm -hmm. And so he's got a pretty good tracker. So I think it's uh, layered enough to have the stuff for for, uh, adults and then the goofy stuff for kids. And uh, Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. It's not layered like Pixar. It doesn't have any kind of message or anything. It's just fun. And I'm fine with that.
1: It's a kid's movie. It's not for you.
0: But see,
1: Max's son didn't care for it. Mm.
0: Well, he he's got uh, he's got a refined taste, even though he's 10 years old because of his father. (laughs) Max
1: takes him to good movies.
0: Yeah. And so I can see that, you know, some of it's very I mean, it's very broad. And some of it like the piranha uh, farts a lot. And so uh, that and, you know, uh, they all have their little specialties as criminals and uh aquafina for instance is a tarantula but she's the it
2: person and they call her web <laughs> webs oh, she's the I, have web an, I have an aquafina question she's over the last year or so she's been accused of misappropriating her speech patterns by sounding as blackish in, in kind of street a rapper yeah so <clears throat> it she grew up in a certain neighborhood you know i don't think she's nora from queens Nora from queens which is a great show a great great show so i think that's unfair criticism that you know she has created this character maybe her day-to-day speech isn't quite like that but it, she's playing a part and is it stealing no it was her world she grew up in that's how everybody talked white girls too mm-hmm. so in, uh, queens. in queens yeah so you know leave her alone i love aquafina i will fight um, for aquafina
1: Oh
0: yeah.
1: Oh yeah. And, well, and she's speaking she of Aquafina, you know, she was in two Disney movies last year, maybe three. She was in, cause she was in Shang-Chi. She yes. was in Raya. And was oh, she, that's in right. some, when she had something else, well, anyway, um, that takes us to Disney, which who, which it's gotta be, which cause Disney is not a person anymore. It is a, it is a being. Uh, Disney every year puts out a movie on Earth Day, Disney Nature. And this year it was Polar Bear. And these Disney nature films are. They're always top notch, but sometimes they're like must see. And other times are this is something that's going to be in the background. They sent they sent us Polar Bear. And Lynn, what did you think?
0: I enjoyed it, but actually uh, the documentary, Mm -hmm. the making of featurette called Bear Witness.
1: Yes, which is right. If you're on Disney Plus right now, the entire feed is nothing but Disney nature stuff right now. So Bear Witness is right next to Polar Bear on your menu. Which
0: you have to watch that. As soon as you watch Polar Bear, you have to watch Bear Witness because it's the tale of uh, how they made the movie three years. just 200 hours film. It shows this film crew and we are talking Antarctic. We're talking uh, an archipelago in the North Pole. Now uh, the polar bear story we all know about the climate change and the ice melting and everything. So this takes uh, Mama Bear and her two little cubs on a journey. Catherine Keener narrates the girl cub i could do without the the very coy
2: yeah that seems uh, like an odd fit
0: sometimes
1: sometimes that like i didn't care for i believe what was it uh which james bond was doing one of the disney nature films was it it wasn't daniel craig oh it was pierce brosnan i'm like Brosnan. uh, yeah, this wasn't that wasn't necessarily the best fit for one of these Disney nature films. Yeah,
0: it, it was that can make or break yeah. it. I know it's very cutesy in terms of like, you know, uh, playing uh, with different co- and then when when the, the male bear starts going after the girl bear, you know, I think I'm being courted, you know. Oh, okay. kind
2: of oh, my God. Yeah. Does Werner Herzog pop up anywhere? And is any, <laughs> is anyone eaten? Is anyone eaten at any point? That's what I want to know.
0: Uh, well, there's a whale they try to get.
2: You know, and it's then, not a human. Uh, it's not a person.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, the, but then uh, all of a sudden a dead whale, a beluga whale uh, washes ashore and all the polar bears have a big feast. It's kind of with the blubber and everything. And so, yeah, they were just like munching for days on that. And then uh, there is uh, this, I don't know what you call a herd of walruses, but uh, this is like the birthing time. So they have all these little cubs. So the mama bear. I think it's
2: a a Ringo of walruses. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I'm going to look it up though.
0: So the mama bear teaches the little cubs how to do everything, you know? And so she's waiting on, she creates a panic so that the walruses all go in the ocean, but a little cub uh, walrus is left behind because of all the commotion and that. So it's kind of, you know, it's nature. It's, you know, the food chain, the whatever. But uh, it's very interesting. And the cinematography is just just
2: incredible. Walruses got cheated, by the way. The name of a group of walruses is simply a herd. Well, that's not very creative.
0: No, I was right when I said a herd of walruses. Yeah, but, uh, but but I thought you know
2: usually there's something more colorful you know for a group so a murder of walruses. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So I was while I was disappointed with the narration, I enjoyed it as a uh, as an Earth lesson, and also because of the visual splendor. But hey, the- and
1: don't get me wrong, I love that Disney Nature releases one of these a year i think it's great and especially with them owning national geographic now they have more uh, resources to do these because before they were just doing it on their own and the real true life adventures that walt started in the 50s
2: there's a long history of you know lynn you and i saw these things as kids um the sunday afternoon shows not the you know sunday night things but oh. they have a whole series of there's always stuff on Sundays so
0: Marlon, yeah and the
2: related programming
0: uh, mutual uh avomas
2: but there were the nature docs too that were kind of dry and film strippish yeah. um, but there was a you know vast archive of them over oh, time
0: yeah. well uh one of my favorite documentaries from uh just a couple of years ago the biggest little farm uh, oh yes sure on the... we played that i know which is so delightful uh national Ge- geographic through disney this is another uh, earth day release so if you go to disney plus and you go over to the national geographic part you will see the biggest little farm the return and it's an hour update on the farm and i didn't get to it in time but that's on my things to do this weekend so how exciting is that to see what's happened to the farm since we last saw it what 2019 i think
2: 19 or 18 yeah
1: So, Lynn, did you finally watch the Celine Dion movie? I did not. I'm sorry. You can't bring yourself to do it because it's unauthorized.
0: (laughs) I know. I know. After reading about it, Kent reviewed it for Webster Kirkwood Times. So I did. I I did
1: watch while scrolling through Disney Plus. I did watch the Billie Eilish, Lisa Simpson.
0: I did, too. It was fun. It was fun. It wasn't it
1: wasn't enough to do a whole episode, but I was very happy what they because I don't know why it wasn't a whole episode, but it, it's three and a half minutes of uh, Lisa and Billie Eilish, which is cute.
0: There are so many great jokes in this in four minutes. It's the kids that can't practice at home. You know, <laughs> they
2: know they know when not to kill a joke unless they choose to. When they choose to drag something out and beat it over the head, then, you know, then you know it. But they know they know it how to be tight.
0: Oh, and, um, and, and, yeah, and they, they do a whole could, thing
2: about her hair. It- Three they do and a, a half whole...
1: minutes. It could they could have made twenty one minutes out of. Oh. They could have added a B story and made it a full episode. Oh, they could. Carl, have. And then Carl they, is a
2: Billie he, Eilish super fan. I do like Billie Eilish.
0: I do too. I do too. And that and that uh, documentary on Apple Plus about her is really good.
1: Well, and there's also the documentary of the mm-hmm. show that she did, the Love Letter to Los Angeles, which is on Disney Plus. So Billie Eilish is everywhere.
0: Oh yeah. Well, it's so funny because they have a they have a joke about her hair they have visual jokes about her hair today Billie eilish's hair is blue you know today well, that, that was it, the
1: last one but it was blonde the and then blonde. Then it was black and green it's, and
0: it's funny and then uh, of course maggie's in the control room holding up signs which is really fun and uh phineas <laughs> bart's talking to phineas like uh you mean you like support your sister's career and, and, uh, you know, you just, it was, he it's has real-
1: one more Grammy than she does because he produced the album
0: <laughs> and it's fun. It's fun. It's just like, they took all these little snippets and made it into four minutes.
1: Well, no, you know what it was, it was probably that they were working on turning red and they had them in the studio and they said, you know what? We don't need you for a whole episode. Can you say these lines? And then boom one day later there's a simpsons short
0: and and billy eilish sings the simpsons theme song and the you know the, has the no words by the way the um you know I, my favorite thing about simpsons is uh, the chalkboard yes and so yeah so it's, there's, it's there's just it's just so ins- it's just inspired and it's it's just fun and then of course mo anytime you have a scene at mo's it's just the best
1: so chris what what can you preview for us or something that you've seen in the last well at the film festival in cleveland what that you think is going to be huge (laughs) or not necessarily huge something that you liked the most or
2: huge pick one uh the favorite film that i saw uh won the audience choice award uh and
1: that's oh, the idea
2: man. and <laughs> i'm blanking on the name so i am to think I'll, I'll look it up while i'm talking but okay. the story was <clears throat> not entirely unique but ultimately it was just riveting and hilarious um it was a, a a a buddy comedy of of you know disparate heroes who team up and go on a trip so a very conservative middle-aged beautiful something I know. I'll look it up um uh, uh, funeral, funeral undertaker um run runs into the bicycle of a 35 year old man who has cerebral palsy but he delivers organic vegetables on his bike and he's just always chipper and happy uh, so they they through a long series of events they wind up taking uh, a casket to another city. This is in front of the in,
1: hood to the holler.
2: No, 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 no. That was the documentary. Oh, okay. Um, beautiful. Uh, I'll look it up. Uh, that actually played at, the it's this past the hood to the holler. Um,
1: that, was anyway. the, that was their, uh, audience choice award, but I guess that was their
2: documentary
1: audience choice.
2: award. Yeah, no, that was the, that was, that was their big award. Okay. There was a big, they're big, they have a whole series of wards. They give away hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash. Anyway, the man with cerebral palsy is just filled with life. Uh, the conservative undertaker is just, you know, has a kind of rigid sedate lifestyle. But the under, the the vegetable delivery man, he spouts philosophy appropriately at any number of, you know, he's sp- like Kant and Nietzsche and and just, you know, high end, you know european philosophers and he you know he knows all this stuff and people underestimate him constantly so he you know teaches the other man how to live life and the other man teaches him how to you know let go a little bit and uh it's just a, a beautiful story of empowerment and that all
1: and you think that's going to uh blow up that that is
2: something that i think could uh have a home um it's something that could easily be made into an American movie, uh, like that movie with Brian Cranston. That was a very popular French film. I'm also blanky on that film title too. Oh, the one with Kevin oh, Hart. Yeah. Yes, that, yes, 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 yes. That was a hugely popular French film first.
0: That won the Oscar for best uh, oh, foreign. Uh,
2: Intouchables. <throat> <throat> uh, yes, that's it. Oh, I'm also looking on their front page. The gentle was the film that we gave your award to about a Hungarian bodybuilder, a female. Female Hungarian bodybuilder, to be specific, and that was that was haunting. Um, what else they say? Oh, and then another film that could kind of uh, Wild Men. Uh, I think it was Norwegian. A man who just got tired of his life, didn't tell his wife, um, just was living in the woods on his own, but trying to live as a Viking, and had arrows and tried to hunt things, but eventually get hungry and go down to the convenience store and get stuff um he runs into a person on the lam from some drug dealers and they kind of team up and it's another weird buddy picture that was just utterly hilarious uh, about escaping you know the bad guys uh well and well, i've well. just been starting to watch some missions and stuff too
0: oh wow oh, yeah you're
2: always in it i'm always because, in it
0: because uh the showcase is uh this summer and yes the Sliff, I'm already scheduled for one of the golden anniversaries during Sliff, and I'm excited about yep. that.
2: Beautiful uh, Minds was the film I was talking about.
0: Beautiful Minds.
2: Beautiful Minds. And that's something minds that could French be made and, into French and uh, Swiss. E- yeah, easily made into, you know, an American story. Uh it's just a universal tale of empowerment and hilarity. So those are the big comedies
0: Uh uh-huh well one of carl and the dvd releases this week uh the movie the king's daughter which was one of the worst movies i've ever seen Uh, if (laughs) if you like to watch bad movies and laugh you can because it wasn't it
1: out wasn't it out uh it wasn't made seven years ago and eight years ago eight years ago and the people that uh were in this film they got married and have a child that is almost as old as the film yes
2: persistence persistence
0: yeah and it's it's hilarious it's so bad oh chris you would just love this movie it's called i mean in a bad way it's called the king's daughter why would i i I, I hate pierce brosnan's in it yeah pierce brosnan plays king louis uh with rock star hair yeah it's interesting and then uh the batman is on HBO? Streaming. It was on
1: HBO Max on Monday. It's on HBO proper tonight.
0: Aha. Uh-huh. So, so you, for all so of
1: you. Now you can pause it and go to the bathroom. Uh, like, I, spent,
2: can- I spent six hours the other day watching this three-hour film because I kept stopping <laughs> and doing anything else. I'd walk well, the dog. I
1: left before they got into uh, Gotham's Madison Square Garden.
2: I took a nap eaten- for a long period of time. I could have let it run and come back an hour later and not missed much.
1: No, if, no. You, if you stop, it the was film, boring. If you stop the film at the time they go to whatever Madison square garden is that the movie's already over yeah. the
0: seawall. They could have avoided the whole seawall thing. And then people argue with me. No, they did. They needed that. And I go, no, they didn't.
1: No, no, they no. did not.
2: No. Yeah. And then they didn't really, they never they truly not. got resolved. It's just a mess.
0: Well, I yeah, like kind yeah, of the,
2: yeah. some of the aesthetic and some of the, Stuff. I like the Batmobile.
0: Yeah, that was was a minute
2: out of three hours out of 180
0: minutes. (laughs) I like the whole uh, the Joker Paul Dano, and I also like Barry Keegan coming in. And uh, I uh, am Paul
1: Dano. Who was Barry Keegan? Who was Barry Barry, Keegan? Barry Keegan got them mixed up. Paul Dano was was
2: the Riddler.
0: Oh, the Riddler, Uh,
2: or was he? Um, I've been informed that he was sort of he might have been more hush. Than the Riddler, and they kind oh. of mangled a couple of characters potentially. An well, insider, and then, and then Barry this. Barry is in the
1: deleted scene on camera, but you only hear Barry's voice at the very end of the
2: film. And that's the guy from the Eternals, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so- also
1: speaking on HBO, if you if you can't remember what happened three years ago on Barry, you might be confused on Sunday night.
0: I know. I need to go back because I didn't um, finish some. Sub- two season two so but barry starts sunday i'm excited because hacks starts uh, i loved hacks i I loved
2: it it was so good and laurie metcalf is gonna be on right uh, this year
0: edwardsville native Mm so uh Um, also
2: starting this week was the flight attendant
1: that's on hbo max right now the first two episodes are on yep And since we're not just talking about HBO, First Ladies is on Showtime,
0: which uh, it took me a while to get used to Viola Davis playing Michelle Obama (gasps) with her mouth contortions. But I'm I'm uh, I'm loving uh, Michelle Michelle Pfeiffer Pfeiffer as Betty Ford. Ford.
2: Um, Have have you talked about Julia on past shows? No. Oh, then I'm going to talk about it right now until you make me stop. Um, I love it. It's 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 Julia Child. Uh, I can't remember Sarah. Sarah. I can't remember her last name. Uh, David Hyde Pierce plays Paul Child, her husband. Um, uh, I've heard good things. It's it's fantastic. The woman that plays Julia Child is wonderful. And it's about the origin. It's not about her pre, you know, spy period. She's not a spy. No, it's it's past that point. Well, her husband was a diplomat. And, you know, she was
1: also on HBO
2: Max. Yes. Uh, and it picks up at the genesis of the French chef in WGBH and how Sarah uh, Lancashire, a black woman, was her initial producer, and how, you know, it's a story of women empowerment. Uh, BB Newworth is also in it, plays one of her best friends. Uh, and they, each title of each episode is what she's going to cook uh, that day or that episode:
1: Bread Foie Gras.
2: Uh, crepe suzette uh beef bourguignon um it's it's charming and wonderful and i can't watch enough of it
1: yeah sarah lankshire she is um she's a british actress she was on coronation street if you know the british soap operas.
2: sure yeah yeah no it's it's marvelous um and i've always loved i love to cook and i've always loved her stuff i have her books um and it's you know like seeing an old friend um recreating some of the famous Frilly scenes, and you know, seeing how this gritty thing that nobody wanted, nobody wanted this show. Uh, they did. WGBH was tiny, uh, like Channel Nine is, and they did mm-hmm. you know, literate, literary it's, shows it's, that were Hitchcock, dry and right? boring. No Boston.
1: Boston, okay. PGH, PGH. Uh,
2: okay. uh, and how that nobody wanted to do it, but it it got more letters than any other show that year at twenty seven. <laughs> and they gave it a chance and then it became syndicated and it it changed wgbh into a powerhouse it, it earned them so much money that it transformed the station the industry the cooking shows any kind of how-to shows where people thought oh well who would want to watch something like that you know bob ross all this mm-hmm. and the way women cook you know julia child is hugely influential in television and cooking oh. in america they're upset it at- <laughs> she changed the oh, way she Americans changed both eat and, and and the way you know public television worked uh accidentally you know she financed the first episodes on her own because she wanted to do it wow and it was crazy mess and it was terrible and she dropped stuff and she's just you know not refined uh, i love and scene. The, and the omelet the yeah skillet omelet it, scene. Uh, i love it it's it it's uh i love it love it love it oh, i know it also weirdly on hbo max and we were talking about people who are shunned Ansel Elgort is in this weird thing called Tokyo Vice. Yeah, that I, I've, watched I've, watching, I've watched a couple episodes. I kept watching a couple. I've watched a couple episodes, but uh, I don't really give a shit anymore. I'm going to stop. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah, but how did he get this thing made? Uh, and then the the his co star uh, in West Side Story was they they kind of ruined all their press junkets. All they wanted to talk. People yes. asked was about mm-hmm. you know, did you feel uncomfortable working with him? Huh. Well, I want to make a steel Spielberg movie of a cherished musical. I didn't want to think about that, but thanks for asking.
1: Lynn didn't mention Gillian Anderson as Eleanor Roosevelt. And And I I watched uh, Smiling Friends on HBO Max. So we're we're all watching things on HBO Max and and we're not watching CBS or CNN plus.
2: I have. Oh, yeah. For until such time, that is so hilarious to me that that lasted a month.
0: Well, my friend, uh, one of my best friends uh, for 50 years, Sheila O'Brien, former appellate court judge in Chicago, she's the one that got the Jesse Smollett case. uh, 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 She's the one who raised such a fuss that they hired the special prosecutor. Uh, cnn plus interviewed her and she's on it but so no i wasn't gonna pay no i didn't i haven't paid for it and so i was gonna text her today and say hey uh, can we see your thing on something else because uh yeah the cnn crew came to her well, house. It's, it's, in Chicago. it's
1: unfortunate because lynn as you know news departments are getting smaller and they cheap out and they don't make a lot of money yeah. so like chris wallace is going to be fine and anderson cooper is going to be fine but the line producers and the editors those people who left their jobs to go work for this upstart are going to be screwed and now they have to find new jobs in a week
0: it's 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 really sad sad. but speaking of cnn they ran the anthony bourdain uh documentary last weekend Mm -hmm. which is so so sad uh, that and you know because it just is sad a lot of crying people and um i but it just shows him at his at his best as well which is why they're all crying uh and uh then you find out why he committed suicide which is really awful and uh anyway mm-hmm. this week 8 p.m. sunday is nelvani And I've been wanting to see this documentary because I've received so many emails about it. Wasn't that
1: in Cleveland? I thought that was it.
2: It was. It won an award. I met the filmmaker, I met the director and the producer. It was their centerpiece screening. I knew it was going to be on CNN, so I didn't opt to see it. I saw another film at at that time period. But it was their centerpiece and, and won a big award, yeah
0: i can't wait to see it because just it
1: just as we as uh. we wrap up here lynn i want to say that i was at the fox on thursday during the day and when i left i tripped over this outlet and then (laughs) therefore there wasn't any evening performance it was you
2: it was you Uh,
1: well it was an animal it was a small animal that nibbled on some power lines because you know it's been getting cold and getting hot and getting cold yeah. and getting hot and yeah
2: blame it on an animal
0: right well what was so sad is uh it uh start we uh, Jim Tudor took his uh three of his four children and it was their Christmas present and he was sitting there you know and he yeah,
1: Christmas from what year because it could have been <laughs> from two years ago yeah.
0: he um uh, said he didn't know anything you know he went into it cold but and his kids knew all the doesn't. words knew all the words well uh the musical starts so it started
1: they got the, the they, they were in the middle of alexander hamilton
0: and then boom power outage so on the news the it, emergency led, lights. it led the camel <laughs> v news that night because people sat there for 45 minutes without knowing anything well and then, they got
1: the power back on 25 minutes later
0: well, I and, heard it was ninety minutes later. Okay, well, it was
1: two hundred minutes later. Well, they keep yeah. changing. Well, the well no, they that, had that the doesn't generators. Mean that they could have the show reset by then.
0: Yeah, the generator. So they sent everybody. Home. I can't imagine if you came from a far distance <clears throat> and you spent a lot of dough going to dinner and blah blah blah. Well, and, it's
1: it's here for another month. So right.
0: Well, everybody's going to be accommodated. They say. Well, they, what, okay. What
2: they may have to add months? a. Sh- they may have to add a show. What if
1: you have third row seats they're not going to be able to accommodate your third row seats?
0: I know it's kind of sad, but I am enjoying that so many people didn't see it the first time around and now we're seeing it and they're all calling me or texting me and going, I have now seen it three times.
1: Yeah. And then in um, in addition to my Disney plus watching it.
0: I was going to say, I highly recommend everybody. Some people saw it on Disney plus and wanted to see it live, which to me is a great compliment. And, uh, I'm excited, but real quick, what's going on in St. Louis, the price is right is coming on Thursday. George Gray's in town. And George Gray will be in town who is a native. And, uh, I actually was on prices, Ride right A couple of years ago. I mean, I didn't get picked. My sister got, your picked.
2: sister got picked. Yeah. Where is it going to be? The Fox?
0: uh no downtown. i think it's at the
1: casino no oh, okay. ballpark, ballpark, village. ballpark village yeah yeah oh.
0: I'm, I'm gonna go anyway on that
1: big stage in the main yes yeah wow okay interesting yeah. and there will be prizes to be won i think the main prize is ten thousand dollars yeah ten thousand dollars Georgia was on with mark reardon because they're buddies he's on like reardon once a month but he was on in studio with him playing the price is wrong
0: Aha. Uh-huh. Well, it. I think it's going to be fun. And he's just he grew up in Baldwin. And uh, so he he does come back from time to time. Uh, when we were there for the taping, which is a very long day in the Bob Barker studio, uh, we had to sit there because there was some, you know, Drew comes out. Everybody comes out. You know, they uh, there was a technical difficulty.
1: It's not like Jeopardy where they can do five in one day. They- yeah.
2: No, this no this was this, a a little, this is a little more pizzazz and
0: and uh, it's so loud in there. My sister couldn't hear. We were yelling at it, but it's so loud in there. That's the one thing you notice is how loud it is. But they had to stop the show because there was this technical problem, and it took a long time. It took so much time where they started recruiting people out of the audience to sing on stage. And it was like a, it was like a karaoke night without the karaoke. And then some of the staff members came out and sang, and they gave us a granola bar.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There was some intern's job to go run by 200 of whatever you can find. What food do we have next door?
0: yeah oh and uh and then uh they maybe it was a surprised.
2: prize you're supposed to give to somebody this ripped open boxes on stage
0: <laughs> yeah drew went back <laughs> to rice his dressing. for everyone drew went back to his dressing room but george stayed out there and talked to us so we were yelling at him because we were kind of in the back and we were yelling at him go cardinals you know and stuff to get his attention like we're from st louis you know and so we had a pleasant exchange with him but it was like known for being like the longest taping of a show (laughs) like ever in their history and afterwards uh my sister uh, because she was uh not picked she actually got a got some money she had to go to the office and sign things and they gave us deli they make you pay
1: the taxes like right away
0: no well she she didn't she wasn't taxed because it was a smaller amount um just for being there so that was good that
1: means she didn't win
0: Well, no, she didn't win, but she got a check for being a good sport or whatever. I don't know. Well, anyway, um, they stood out there, they ordered from a local deli and they stood out there with sandwiches on trays as we were leaving like here you poor people you were here for four hours we're giving you a sandwich so
2: you know that's nice you know what else could they really do yeah so, right. that was nice It's yeah, a, it it a gesture it was
0: nice it was an experience let's just put it like that it was an experience to be right. there on the on the longest day but to see how everything it's always interesting to see when you pull back the curtain and you see how things run and 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 all that and just just the whole but every yeah it was it was just one of those experiences so anyway george gray is going to be in town i want to give a shout out to alexandra k she is going to be one of the opening acts for tim mcgraw this uh he's they're gonna he's going to be at the hollywood casino next amphitheater oh yeah amphitheater yeah he's
1: not going to be at the casino he's going to be at the amphitheater
0: next saturday april 30th uh she is from waterloo illinois and i knew her back when she was lexi kakorian because i directed her in community theater and she has carved a niche as a rising country star and uh she's adorable she's she's great i'm so happy for her because tim mcgraw called her himself and and ask her to be one of his opening acts because she has taken advantage of social media and she does a every morning while she's making her coffee she does a thing called coffee covers and she sings covers
2: you know what that's good for her and you know that's what it takes to be patient you know, you, if you do stuff like that, you got to do it for a long time, and then maybe you'll get noticed. And maybe you won't. But you know, she stuck it in there. Good for her. That's the STL hustle. I Tim know McGraw
1: from eighteen eighty three and Tyler Sheridan.
0: Yeah, and uh, Tyler Sheridan's been in the news a lot lately about uh, striking gold with a uh, yellow stone, and. Orlando Watson, perhaps you know him, Chris. He was a local producer, and he died of cancer at age 45. And uh, Kevin Johnson of The Post did a lovely tribute to him. And apparently, he's the reason some of the big stars came to St. Louis. He was a promoter. Mm. He worked with Nelly a lot, but he brought, like, Mm. Megan the Stallion to town. And everybody was devastated. 45 years old. Yeah. Cancer. So... All right, Pete. And then you were talking about PBS shows. There's one about barbecue called Fire. And the first episode, our pal David Sandusky of the Beast and Pappies are in the PBS show. So if you have the PBS streaming, you can go back and watch it.
1: Well, Thank you for being on with us. Go to cinemasaintlouis.org slash QFest or just cinemasaintlouis.org and find out more about Cinema St. Louis. Yes. Looking for, a, looking for a new boss, aren't you?
2: Indeed. Cliff, our longtime executive director, is retiring at the end of June.
1: I might be calling you about that later. Anyhow,
2: um, thank and you for being and on An international us. search for his report. Yeah,
0: I was going to say it's a national search, but A, hey, international.
2: Including one or more staff members may or may not have thrown their hats into the ring. So the race is on. It's open, open season. But, you know, we have a lot of changes coming up, so we'll see.
0: And you can register for the trivia night uh, May 1st. And yes, uh, you have to take on my team.
2: (laughs) And I wrote and I can't tell you what they're about because that would be cheating. But I wrote three rounds, three rounds, not three questions, 30 questions, heavily edited. By my current superior, Mister Freilich, but well, it, it, it's a based, team, they right? remain intact. Actually, one round was was left pretty much intact, but
0: well, I have been playing since two thousand and nine. I think two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I and cannot uh, commit
1: to a trivia night because we do not know when the Blues are going to be playing. Because hopefully, they are playing that far deep into the playoffs. So i never know and i hate to say oh yeah i can be there and then i cannot because then that leaves people in a lurch and i do not want to do that because that's rude lynn where can we find you on the socials and on the
0: radio i'm on all the socials i have to go check out uh, chris's instagram um, post to see the cleveland film festival shots yes And I am on KTRS every Thursday night with Ray Hartman right after the 10 p.m. news. And I am in Webster-Kirkwood Times, which comes out on Fridays and online as well. And I have my own website, poplifestl.com. We just went through a big upgrade. We're going to be unveiling a bunch of new features and contributors on May 1st and uh yeah we have this podcast girl which i'm so very great that we've had hey chris it's our third anniversary last month <gasps> congratulations and yeah. you've been on at least three times
2: i think at least three maybe more at yeah
0: maybe three. like six i think because you've been on sure for the, yeah yeah
2: i'll yeah. claim six
1: yeah well and anyway. not quite
2: the double digits that's my goal now to be on 10 times
1: well, you might be able to fill in for me because my life is going to be upended in the month of May because my daughter's going to graduate high school. So you can find me. I work for the St. Louis Blues. I play the music at the games and blow the gold horn. You can follow my uh, travails at underscore Carl the intern on Instagram and Twitter. You can hear me on the radio Monday through Friday with Mark Cox and Saturday and Sunday with Bo Matthews, and Mark Cox on Second Amendment Radio and The Great Outdoors, if you want to hear amazing stuff about what's going on outdoors in St. Louis and Missouri. And Chris, you're on cinemasaintlouis.org.
2: Yes, I'm on and I'm also on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Chris Clark STL. I pop up on various media appearances when we're having events and I can't go too far.
0: You were on right after me the a Thursday night talking about uh, the Q-Fest with Ray yes. Hartman.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah that's mm-hmm. right that's right mm-hmm. so everyone i pop helps. up i pop up now and again and then i'll be you know man in the mic at q fest
0: thank you for
1: coming so to see some shows today. yeah no that was fun talk to
0: everyone later Ben. Say thank you farewell bye enjoy your lovely spring yes very nice day thanks Take have a good day bye